other side of midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Everyone, this is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Moreno. I hope you had a great weekend. Well, sometimes they tell you don't believe everything you hear on the radio. Sometimes they tell you don't believe everything you see on television. Sometimes they tell you don't believe everything you encounter on the internet. Well, I am here to tell you that maybe you shouldn't believe everything that you read in the newspaper. I was reading the Sunday New York daily news and they did sort of a helpful voter guide commonly asked questions about what is the situation for the upcoming local elections in New York. And one of the questions that they answer is does ranked choice voting apply in this election? It says yes Ranked choice voting, the process by which you can rank up to a certain number of candidates in your order of preference, does apply to those vying for a seat on the New York City Council. Races for judges, on the other hand, won't since candidates are vying for a spot that has state jurisdiction. Now, the problem with this is it's absolutely 100% wrong. There's no ranked choice voting for the general election in any New York City elections. City, state, nothing. So how does the Daily News publish this? The only thing there is is ranked choice voting for primaries and special elections. So I tweeted at the Daily News and this reporter, David Cruz, because what was so amazing about this is three pages later, they had a story about how the conservative party candidate in a Brooklyn race could actually cost the Republicans the election. And obviously, if we had ranked choice voting, that wouldn't happen. And I pointed the absurdity of this out, having an article three pages later that contradicts the very question on page two. So I will say, to the credit of the reporter, David Cruz, they did acknowledge their mistake, they did correct the story online, and they thanked me for my sharp eyes. But I do wonder how many people only read the newspaper version of the article and think there's ranked choice voting in the general election. Hopefully this is an opportunity for the Daily News to be a bit more careful in the future. Now, it doesn't matter terribly much because there are very few races that have more than two candidates anyway, but they shouldn't really be spreading this kind of misinformation, and I'm glad that they corrected this. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Tomorrow, everybody, this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Do you like the Thanksgiving Day Parade? I certainly do. I like to watch it. I'm more of the watch-it-on-television type rather than actually go and deal with all the crowds and whatever unpredictable weather there might be. And now there is even one more reason to enjoy the Thanksgiving Day Parade if you see the world as I do. Evidently, congestion pricing in New York is going to have to wait a little bit, and the reason is due to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I'm not joking. Putting up overhead sensors for the controversial program to charge drivers to enter parts of Manhattan has been put on hold after the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade so that the structures won't block the way as Snoopy, SpongeBob, and Santa Claus make their way down the street. The 
infrastructure that's slated for Central Park West and 60th Street now won't be erected until after November 23rd because of the clearance problem for the parades, iconic balloons, and floats. Now, I am thrilled that this is being delayed. I am for doing whatever it takes to throw as many kinks into the armor as possible to delay the start of congestion pricing because selfishly it's going to cost me a bundle of money, but it's also a bad thing for New York on every level, particularly middle-class New Yorkers or New Jerseyans who happen to live in places that aren't well served by mass transit. But I don't know what they're going to do next year. If their plan is to have this going year-round and the infrastructure that charges drivers around Central Park and 60th Street is going to interfere with the balloons, isn't this still going to be just as much of a problem next year? I don't know. Apparently, the city does do some similar parade preparations and they oversee the removal and reinstallation of certain streetscape items like streetlights, signage, and street furniture to facilitate parade operations. So maybe that's what they're going to do with this parade in the future. Maybe they'll just have to take it down and reinstall it every year. But the cost of removing the infrastructure and the scanners to make way for Snoopy and Ronald McDonald and all the other characters, I'd like to know. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. This is one of those stories where I really wonder if what's being reported is true because it's just so incredibly farcical. You laugh to keep from crying. Many of you have probably heard about the case of Waheed Foster. Waheed Foster is an unhinged homeless man who pummeled a woman at a Queen subway station so badly that she became blind in one eye. The New York Post has published an exclusive interview that they claimed to have done with Waheed Foster from Rikers Island in which Foster, this unhinged man who pummeled this woman mercilessly at a subway station is actually calling for more transit cops. Why? Why is this person who beat an innocent woman calling for more transit cops? Because he says crime is out of control. Quote, all they got to do is hire more officers to work down there. Somebody can lose their mind at any time it is getting out of control. Foster stressed his point by recounting that just this week, a psycho randomly pushed a woman into a moving F train at the 5th Avenue 53rd Street station, leaving her in critical condition. Now, he has been charged with attempted murder and felony assault, and the sickening footage of this attack shows Foster pummeling, stomping, and kicking continuing this bloody beatdown after driving away a good Samaritan who was attempting to intervene. And in this interview, this jailhouse interview he did with the New York Post, he disputed that he blinded Gomes with his blows, claiming he had only punched and kicked her in the cheek. He also bizarrely claimed he could not have done serious harm to his victim because of the shoes he was wearing. Quote, the sneakers I had on, they was not heavy. Now, clearly, Mr. Foster is mentally ill. Maybe he was off his medication and just went crazy. But the point that he's making here and the point that the New York Post is highlighting in this interview, 
that we need more transit cops is correct. I mean, people do not feel safe taking the subway. And Mr. Foster is absolutely right. There are a lot of people that are poised to flip out at any time. I also think this is a reminder that we need to do more about treating the severely mentally ill in this city. Beam me up! To be continued. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org The Other Side of Midnight 77 Local Spotlight I am a long-suffering fan of the New York Mets and one of the things about being a Mets fan is occasionally throughout Mets history you get moments of victory. It's not like the Yankees where you always win and it's not like some other teams where you always lose. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And that's what's fun about being a Mets fan because that's how life is. One of the greatest Met moments in my lifetime was the 1986 World Championship team. And throughout the late 80s, there were some very strong Met teams. Now, some great players, Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, Howard Johnson, Ron Darling. The list goes on and on. Gary Carter. I don't want to start naming uh, people because I'll, Keith Hernandez, because I'll, you can name the whole team because they were just an incredible team. But that 86 team and that 88 team, which also made the playoffs, was led by Davey Johnson. Now, he also managed the Cincinnati Reds, the Baltimore Orioles. And I have said for years, now he's a little older, but for the last 15 to 20 years, I have said that I wish they would bring back Davey Johnson. Now, He's too old. He's fully retired. But here's what's interesting. The Contemporary Baseball Era Committee for managers, executives, umpires, etc. has a ballot for the Hall of Fame Class of 2024. And it was announced just a couple of days ago that former Mets manager Davey Johnson is one of the candidates. The ballot is made up of former managers, executives, and umpires whose primary contributions to the game since 1980 were eligible for consideration. In addition to Davey Johnson, some other good folks on this list, Cito Gaston, Jim Leland, Lou Pinella, Bill White, Joe West, Ed Montague. After a solid 13-year Major League career, Davey Johnson became sort of an MLB manager in short order as he became the Mets skipper for the beginning of the 1984 season, and he did an incredible job turning around that team. He turned around a team that won 68 games the year before he got there into a World Series winning team. And he had a lot of other great highlights with other teams as well. I would love to see Davey Johnson in the Hall of Fame. Not just as a Met fan, but as a baseball fan. So hopefully, those of you that get to vote on the Hall of Fame, you'll do the right thing and vote in Davey Johnson. Beam me up! To be continued.